SoundCloud rapping like wasn't a thing for me. Otherwise, I probably would have had a page. You would have hopped on there for sure. <laughs> At my school, I think some schools do it too. We had like a senior project, and like mine was like pass or fail, and it was it wasn't like extracurricular. You had to do it, but it was kind of like a you know kind of like a little bonus thesis thing. Okay. But you could do it on anything. Like anything, but you just had to write out what you're going to do in pretty good, damn good detail and then present it. And then you present it in front of a huge group. Like they invite the entire community there, like 100, 100 people. Okay. You know, my best friend wrote an album. We just oh, we wrote a whole shit. album. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't rap, but there's SoundCloud. Was, yeah, I would have rap. Oh, for sure. <laughs> dude. Just flown to New York and sat outside P. Diddy's house. So, so is rapping in the car literally like just like things you see as you go by as you're driving or just whatever's on your mind or I don't understand. Or whatever's on the radio or, yeah, rap oh. in the shower yeah. or yeah, but, all that bullshit. Uh, yeah, are you are you making up rhymes? Are, all are of you it. just yeah. Or, I'm or performing. I, I perform <laughs> real hard. I said this the other day, too, because, like, Drake is known for having the most amount of ghostwriters, meaning people write his lyrics, uh-huh. which is, like, frowned upon in hip-hop, but in rock and roll. Obviously, there's some bands that write their own music, but it's probably 50-50, right? 50% of bands don't never wrote their own music ever. Yeah, yeah. They just perform it. Um, if I had ghostwriters, I think I could be the next Drake. A I can perform, dude. <laughs> I can fucking perform. I just can't write like that. I just I just don't have the skills for the writing. Dude, like, and I probably could. It's just never something I really honed in or practiced. But yeah, yeah car performing... Even more than car rapping, I'm. I think I'm number one in the world hey. on the charts. <laughs> you like in my mind, I'm number one. No, they would know it. too. It's just people don't get to see it. <laughs> There's not enough traffic in Sacramento for me to have an audience. You know, oh, okay, okay. If you're a bumper to bumper in LA, I'd have an audience. <laughs> well, six cars just staring at me. I saw Hamilton again last night here in town, and uh, there was an audience. Let me tell yeah, you, I bet. And I it's bet. about I don't know, maybe a third rap. It's it's it's. You know, there's a lot of like traditional Broadway kind of songwriting in it too. But, oh, really? I thought oh, yeah. it was all rap. Well, they're the still orchestrations doing the, are can uh, can. They're still doing the can can. Not exactly. It's 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 actually sort of modern dance ish in some some parts. Very like if you watch the dancers, you can kind of tell what's going on without actually listening to the. Oh, you know, it's all very representational. There's a lot of shit going on. It's the busiest show ever. It just, and it looked a little different to me this time. I've seen it. I, this is the second time I've seen it live, plus the movie. But uh, some of the just fastest rapping in the world that David Diggs did, you can see it in the movie. Yeah, I haven't as, seen the movie. As uh, uh, Marquis de Lafayette rapping really fast with a French accent. But even that, right? Like he never, he didn't write it. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Lynn did. Lynn Whoever yeah. wrote it. Yeah. Wrote it. See? When was the first time you went to go watch it? Um, we saw it the first time in 2019. Oh, damn. In San Francisco. I It was like during like the afternoon-ish? Yeah. I was. I went to go watch that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it for, for free for like my theater class. Oh, yeah. dude. Weird yeah. flex. Hey, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I saw it for free. <laughs> well, it's, here, it's here in Sacramento right now, but it's the same basic cast. It's the, okay. same, it's the cast that was in Puerto Rico with with Lynn when they did the big fundraising thing. That's what's up. And yeah, yeah. It's a small world. Small, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was in, is in uh, San Francisco for like, I don't know, six, eight months or something like that. And then the pandemic hit and it closed down. And they reopened there and played a month and now they're here yeah. for a month. Yeah, I bet San Francisco is going to open a little slower. Oh, 100%. I don't know if they're doing shows and shit. Oh, no, they did. Oh, really? They, they, they were just there for a month. Oh, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they're, I think they're, they're moving. Largely back open. Moving. Largely back open. Before we get started, um, I want to have just a moment of inception and uh, shout out to uh, More Plates, More Dates, who picked up on a commentary video by, what's the guy's name? Oh, Nick Strength and Power. I think? Nick Strength and Power from 2016. There's a bunch but, of weird shit going on because I think this is Fighter and the Kids Studio. Yeah, I think so. Which popped off, but didn't pop off back then. Yeah, that uh, um, commenting on a video that we are in from the show that we used to do and we recorded back in. I think it was recorded in 2016. I think it was around the um, Fit Expo. It was around the Fit Expo. I don't yeah. know the year, but yeah, and I think it's in the studio that was Fighter and the Kid. And maybe even uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast at the time. Sam, can you hit up number four real quick so people can see what we're talking about? 
I just thought natty or not like wasn't a thing anymore. No, I thought so too. No but offense to my plates and dates, dude, but like yeah, three hundred thirty-five thousand views, twelve thousand comments. It was a big you know, website in like two thousand comments. Two thousand fourteen. There's a big old website on natty or not. So yeah, took every person that ever had a following and talked about their. What's the calculation? I forgot what it was called. B, not BFI, but there's some calculation some dork made to say like yes or no guaranteed whether you're natty or not based on uh, even a body fat percentage uh estimate uh height and weight and then you throw it in here and if you're above like 29 or something it's like impossible to be there natty i'm like dude that's just the dumbest thing ever because like there's the bell curve like the bell curve is always there like you're telling me lebron james a full six eight and he was like 270 with abs yeah yeah, a, a, a legitimate part of this, I guess, is is uh, uh, the question of her abs. <laughs> it's like a lot of it hinges on her abs. She's got yeah. like dude quality abs. Yeah, but that's that's actually I think a bad argument. Yeah, Look, no, most I, women hold fat in their limbs, and so like you can get a lot of like especially CrossFitters. And no offense to my CrossFit ladies out there, you're beautiful, but they got shredded abs, and then they'll have a little jiggle everywhere else. Right. Like, that's I would be more. I would be more inclined to look at ladies quads some ladies quads or glutes are getting crazy striated which yeah. is still possible natural dieting but they're that plus uh, a big body weight you know they're sitting at 150 with striated quads and glutes now you're like all right this is a little strange yeah but even still there's genetic fucking freaks out there there's gonna be one or two i still have to say that i don't think i necessarily have an opinion one way or the other about 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 dana i don't care either yeah I mean, literally couldn't possibly care any more uh, or any less about uh, about anybody's status. I think that uh, I think that there's a certain amount of bullshit to claiming it if you're not, and I yeah. think there's a certain amount of um, of uh, insanity to fessing up to it when you are if you don't want to run afoul of the law or whatever. Yeah, know? I think the actual chances of getting arrested, that's the same as like coming they, on this podcast and be like, I did tons of cocaine. Like <laughs> cops aren't going to knock on my door. Yeah. You know, like, so that argument I think is a little bit whatever. But um, the only issue I have is if you're trying to compete or whatever in a tested federation and you're on a bunch of shit, I think that's a little strange. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I don't Especially it, in a sport that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like what are you doing? So that's a little bit of a lead into uh, – um, sea bass being on tons C-Bass. of steroids, <laughs> yep, and competing every week, in, every in, week. <laughs> in in USAPL, uh, which is um and it kind of a, a in limbo status on the world stage because yeah. of their stance on on steroid testing. Yeah, which I don't know how it's working because there are U.S. people competing right now in the worlds. I don't know. What's going I can't. On? There was a there was a weird exception. I don't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah, maybe they're doing like the. Uh, they're doing like I think another country. So like even uh, Russ is uh, Russ yeah. went as like a Nigerian. No, I don't know. I don't know which country, but I was watching a Russ video and I think he had mentioned it. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, they that's found like possible. a little loophole. Yeah, it's possible because like, oh, I do know Russ in particular is one over there. I think there's another U.S. I forgot who. But another U.S. athletes over there as well. Russ looks amazing, and he's somebody that people would say, "Oh, that guy's on stuff." Yeah, yeah but yeah. he's competing in the USAPL, so either he is not on stuff, yeah. or or he's, he's getting some kind of a you know backdoor these, testing deal. So all these folks, too. No offense to my dude, plates or dates, great hair, buddy, and <laughs> and also my boy Nick Strength and Power. But like, what do these folks really know? Yeah. Like what what makes you a steroid expert? Like and 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 have you played elite real sports? No offense to my powerlifters out there. Yeah. But like Russ walked on to like Texas Tech. Yeah. The kid's a fucking freak. Oh yeah. Like I've played like against tons of pro basketball players. Like those guys are fucking freaks. They're going to look different than me. Mm-hmm. If you're comparing them to the average wannabe bodybuilder in your gym or even even a quote unquote good powerlifter, they're still not the freak of the freaks. We're still up here in the bell curve. Yeah. Come over here to the side and look at a dude like Adrian Peterson. You yeah. know, like if you've never played real sports or played, even Kyle, our, our GM at Third Street is a fucking freak. And like all, yeah, obviously he's retired and not not lifting weights like he used to but like Kyle's 6'5 was 200 pounds with a 36 inch vertical without training it like yeah playing DB like throwing 97 all at 17 years old there's freaks out there that you folks just it doesn't make sense just to point fingers so like 
Russ is, uh, I believe, 100% natural. And, yeah, he looks absolutely insane, but, like, lifting is his life. He goes all in. Right. This is how we get conspiracy theories, too, is that they, this is what the psychologists tell us. And people cannot make sense of what they're seeing. Sure. They would rather make up a story that fits the fits the facts as they see them but may have no basis in reality yeah i mean that's everything right like uh something bad happens in your life or whatever and, and all your friends are trying to help you and take care of you but they just say like it'll come when it's supposed to come like one day. this what are you learning from this this yeah. is good lesson like that's just to make hope out of shit yeah that you don't understand yeah one day think positive it's coming the darkest in the eye of the storm or some bullshit you know they just feed you all these lines basically to give you some kind of hope that like rather than just like russ is a freak i am not and my life sucks right now and maybe i can get out of it maybe i can't yeah maybe i deserve this maybe i don't yeah, yeah. karma what's karma and i know there's it's a religious thing back in the day but karma for the average person is probably just a way to find hope be good and get good yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean a lot of a lot Makes of sense. what we look at as religion and 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 mythology and all that stuff is about like hope or or 100%. or damnation, just straight up damnation, especially for your enemies. Yeah, to maybe fear or respect your way into being a good human. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't I have know. to press the fuck out of myself. I'm going to get out of here now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> who's natty or not. I don't I don't I don't and I don't know. Maybe maybe Russ is. Maybe he's the only one. I don't know. I thought I saw another American, but it's possible. I, th I think his family is straight Nigerian, so maybe he crept under there because there are USAPL lifters. Oh, the other one is a uh, homeboy from Fresno. Uh, uh, um, his Instagram Ke Ke Keiko. Lifting. Legal lifting. Yeah, thing? legal lifting. He's yeah. a legal legends nerd. Shout out my boy. <laughs> Last name's Keiko. I think uh, uh, he's a '98 uh, KG kid. Oh, strong as shit. Benches yeah, like 500. Strong. Beast to beast. California kid. He's out there. I know there's another flex boy also. What's his? It's like. Or, uh, he is. I think he he and he's tan. Maybe maybe he crept into another nation somehow. <laughs> if he just got a tan, he's just like fuck it, dude. I'm competing for Honduras. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't paid enough attention, but it is going on right now. So shout out to everyone. Safe travel. Safe lifting. I think they're in Sweden. Oh really? I think yeah. they're in Sweden, which is better than I don't know where they were before. They're in some. I don't know if they were in a Stan or like a, a Georgia or they were somewhere weird the year before. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I know that a lot of people had had like planned to go and then just weren't able to go because, yeah, and the timing, right? It was like a month before, like right? You're in prep. You already probably bought your tickets. Yeah, it kind of sucks for testing too hard, being too strict. Yeah, it's weird. I, I wonder how many people lost money on that. Oh, I'm sure tons because it's all like self funded. Yeah, I think you buy your own shirt in the USAPL. Probably the one cool thing though I did see is that the I think the live stream is on uh, the Olympic TV channel. Oh, which really? is probably like a rare ass fucking <laughs> billion dollar package you buy from Comcast, but there is an Olympic <laughs> channel, and yeah, I think it's on there. Which is oh, cool. that's interesting. Like, and maybe like NBC. Or? No, I think it's like straight Olympic dot com or oh. Olympic channel. Oh, yeah. interesting. Not yeah. not aware. Yeah, just I, like I think you even mentioned why the Olympics. Many reasons, but one reason the Olympics didn't get a lot of viewership because it was on 30 different channels. Yeah. I think the Olympic channel is one of them <laughs> where you're watching fucking, you know, skeet shooting and shit. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I think it's one of those weirdos. All right. We are joined by day, today by um, one of our members. Yes, um, sir. Sebastian Brambisha. <laughs> I just go Sebastian Brambilla. Oh, Brambilla. Yeah. yeah Brambilla. I guess it depends where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you're from Spain, I don't know if I can do it very well, but they got a big old lisp on there. Oh, yes, but like Brambithia. Castilian Spanish, Brambithia. Brambithia. yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Castilian Spanish has a lot of tongue and it has a lot of lithby stuff. Probably tackling the over twelve years of creating content or being in the fitness space, especially powerlifting. Probably tackling at least top five questions I've ever been asked, and. You even asked me it too. You added to the quantification or the the, the, the multiplication of these questions being asked is, um, I got my first meet, man. You got oh. some advice? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a week out. I'm sitting at the desk chilling and Z-Bass comes up and says, yeah, man, the meet's here. Like, wh what do I do? What's up? What's the advice? I started breaking down. I was so confident like a couple weeks before and, I, and then one week out, I was like, oh, shit. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah. help. How do I how do I compete in this sport? It's it is so different because like even if most people in America like play soccer at like age six or something and like you just figure it out. Like you yeah. break the rules, but like you're in a game. You're in a competition. Whistle blows, you're going. Yeah. And once you do that for a year or two, any other sport you play is very similar. 
you go and play football, you go and play baseball is a little bit different, but it's still kind of an idea. Basketball, the whistle kind of goes or the horn goes, and then you just kind of play. Like you figure out the framework of the sport. The framework of powerlifting isn't like those sports. Yeah, It's a little bit more like maybe track and field um, yeah. or something of that nature. But even that you don't really normally do until like high school or maybe junior high. And some people never did. Like I never competed in track and field. So the framework, if yeah, if you just show up to a meet, no it, coach, no nobody. You're like, well, now what? <laughs> it's completely different because I I come from like a ba- uh, baseball background, and it's it was way different. That's like a team sport. It's yeah. just a solo sport. And I was just there like, uh, yeah, please help. You know how to lift weights? <laughs> I, I've obviously seen you lift every day. Like you lift yeah. well. You're strong. Your your form's really good. But then yeah, the how? What do you do? What do I do at this actual meet? <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. Yeah, and I don't know. I remember. Um, Almost every meet that I ever did, including my first meet, started late. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They, they always start late for not all, but oh, many yeah. of them start late. USCPL like, is kind of less that way, but they have like two different groups. They have a AM group and then like a PM group, mm-hmm. and I was the AM group. So I woke up at five in the morning oh. to, to go to weigh-ins at six, and I was like, I was dead tired. Oh, and and Edgar was uh, my handler too, my brother Edgar. Uh-huh. He was my handler, and I had to wake him up, too. I was like, come on, let's go. Like, let's get it. Yeah, sorry, pal. He's over here. Oh, please. Let's get another hour. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's part of the game, too. And that's one thing that I think Westside actually does really cool. Although, you know, I, I have varying philosophies and training for raw lifters. But um, they often have you two two days a week in their max days or, or dynamic days. Uh, they have you training in the morning. They would like rotate around kind often, of or we did as well. We had like weekends we train in the morning, yeah. and it makes sense because you don't know when you're going to c- compete. Because if you're the AM group, PM group, sometimes you don't get to decide. So that's true. If you're always training at five o'clock in the afternoon every single day, and all of a sudden you got a max back squat at even eight in the morning, it's going to feel a little different. That's a little a little tougher. So I think say, would say one tip for someone who is doing their first meet is find out if you can, how that meet is going to run. Like you were in an an AM session and then there was a PM session. Sometimes um, the flights can be really big and it can be like, it'll run the the whole, the whole day will run. There are not like different sessions, but different flights have different numbers of people in them. Yeah. And you may or may not have a lot of time or a little time between attempts. And that makes a difference, especially if, if you're, especially if you're competing in wraps or whatever. But it also... Um, makes a difference for uh, the mental preparation. Like, how long do I have to? Because that oh, that one was really that was much harder than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like, how do I pull myself back together? How much time do I have to recover myself? Like, do, do I stop breathing deep or whatever? You Versus know? training, where yeah. you take as long or as little as you need in between right. your right. sets. That's true. And uh, one thing that I also noticed is my brother was handling me, and he. He's never handled anybody either. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I had asked you also, I was like, what does a handler do yeah. so I can give him advice? And he was kind of freaking out. He was like, let me load up some plates. Let me do this. There was other people there also trying to like help us yeah. a little bit. We would ask questions. We were just reaching out, trying to make friends. Yeah, most people are cool. And that, that's another thing. Have you ever watched a meet live before this? I think one time for one. like an hour. Yeah, because that can help sometimes too. You kind of get the flow of stuff. And even me, I think I had spotted and loaded one meet and then coached one. I, they're like handled basically some of the team members before I competed. Mm-hmm. So it was like way less nerve wracking because you kind of just get a vibe of the day. And in the back room, it can be chaos. Everyone's looking yeah. for plates and Everybody's bars. running around. Yeah, yeah. Am I up yet? Am I not? You got handlers looking at the clock, all this kind of stuff. Um the Yeah, what does a handler do is a really good question in like 2021, especially like raw lifters and like – Sometimes you don't need a handler. <laughs> like yeah, they can yeah. choose your weights and they can kind of keep you calm and then get you water and stuff. But like if you're not in gear and if you're not even doing wraps and if the meat's not that big, like sometimes like you go to like an expo or something, you're competing, like where you warm up could be 300 yards from where you're competing or something, you know? So maybe like the, the, the handler needs to go run and check when you're lifting Over and stuff. And sprints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're just kind of a runner. Uh, and yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, feet away, but sometimes it's a, a good distance away depending on the location. A lot of meets used to be in like hotels and yeah. know, stuff like that. And I think they are here and there now. But um, yeah, otherwise, like, do you need a handler? Maybe not. It's cool to have a buddy there. Yeah. Obviously, it feels better. Yeah, you uh, get a little bit more support. That's Edgar was always... He was right behind me, always yeah. hyping me up. He was like, come on, you got this shit. Yeah. Let's get this shit. Yeah, that helps to have a friendly voice. And, and there'll be people in the crowd maybe cheering for you too just because everyone understands how nerve-wracking it is. But when you have somebody you trust, it can help. Yeah. 
warming up is a thing too because like no knowing what weights you're going to take before your first attempt is a thing you you personally need to know like how much warm up you need kind of going into it yeah. and you you know where you sort of practice meet scenarios in the gym a little bit and have know what your normal progression looks like and then you often have to find somebody to jump in with to yeah. to warm up like so somebody who looks like they might be using weights that are yeah. like or you sometimes even ask and say like well, like what's your what's your top going to be or whatever so you can um your last warm up is going to be so you have somebody to to throw in with yeah timing that's really hard yeah maybe nearly impossible to do it perfect like it's just because who knows what happens out on the platform someone gets injured or someone's because you get like two minutes to to lift and so like if everyone's towards the end of the two minutes your shit's gonna be longer obviously or if everyone's you know kind of getting their lifts done in the middle of one minute and two or three people going to the two like you can't really time your shit that perfect it's hard yeah another thing that a handler is good for though is (laughs) helping uh load yeah, uh, that's weights what he like said Eddie and was spot doing. and all yeah. that stuff, and uh, and pace and pace obviously. Yeah. Um, somebody who knows your training, it's it's going to do a better job, but not necessarily. Yeah, you know that's where a coach does come to play. I, I can't imagine, and a lot of people still do it, but it was way more common back in the day. Just like compete, just to compete. Like don't have a coach, don't have a clue. Because like how like Jim said, like how you train, typically how I coach or like compete is like every warm up I take. Although my opener in a squat might be 500 pounds out of meat, I'm probably squatting over 450 almost every training week anyways. So the jumps I get to get there every single week would be the exact same I would do in the warm-up room. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a coach okay. that maybe don't really know what they're doing or you have you know athletes that don't know what they're doing and one week you're going one plate, two plate, three plate, and the next week you're going quarters in between or tens in between, like that's just going to mess up your flow. Like in training – I would take the exact same jumps because you're going to get above 80%, hopefully. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit, but yeah, there's a lot. If you're not touching above 80% almost weekly in training, I don't really know what you're doing. If Then you're not powerlifting, really, in my opinion. You're probably, and you can have a hypertrophy phase and all these things, but you should probably be touching somewhere above 80% weekly. And so the jumps to get to 80% should just be the exact same. Yeah. And you just make that day control the variables. I think I kind of talked about yeah. control what you can control because who knows what the fuck's going to happen there. Those jumps should always be the same. And it can get weird because you might have kilos in the warm-up room or you may train on kilos. That's another weird obsession of kilos. Yeah. is like We've talked about that a little bit before, but yeah, it's, it's, like a, cool. it's definitely a thing. Yeah, you got to compete in it, and that's cool. And like again, if you're not lifting six, seven, 800 pounds, it probably won't make that much of a difference on the barbell itself. But then like when you go to a, a warm-up room, unless you're at USAPL Worlds, you're probably going to be warming up with pounds again. Yeah. Right? So like the majority of your training is all in these kilos, hoping that you squeak out – 10 pounds on this platform that doesn't matter and then you go back to the warm-up room and you're gonna be even more confused because all you your pretentious little ass wanted to train in kilos the whole time (laughs) and wouldn't go to a gym without kilos right you know and i'm all for specificity but like i'm also for logic and so like if you got to warm up in these pounds and now you're doing the math reverse and you're doing it in the the most detrimental time the platform's almost easier than the warm-up room no, warm-up pla- room's chaos. I think the platform is almost always easier, for at least that was for me, yeah. than the warm-up Like, room. mentally, physically, all that. Like, I'm way more nervous in the warm-up room. The chaos is everywhere in the warm-up room. Your jumps arguably yeah. matter. Obviously, they matter. Your attempts matter. Attempt selection is a bit of a science and a yeah. bit of a skill, but your attempt selection in the warm-up room is just as important. And motherfuckers just be throwing plates on there because they don't know what's going on. <laughs> Because they needed the Alico set from fucking Third Street Barbell. <laughs> yeah. Bitching about it the whole time. Yeah. And I think that that's just the danger of thinking that things have to be a specific way when you compete. Yeah. Like, I always have to have everything just right. I have to I have to listen to my music this way. I have to do, you know. Yeah. Like, you're, what if your phone dies or your headphones break or whatever? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Not lift? Like, that's not really an option. You have to keep going forward. In the same way, sometimes warm-ups get rushed. Or you get warmed up and then suddenly there's a there's a long break. Uh, yeah, someone gets uh, injured. Yeah, God uh, forbid. And, but and then you're, yeah, and you have to be able to lift under those conditions. So you can't like, y- you really should be thinking about about chaos and not about like a streamlined yeah uh, or controlling yourself. Experience. Yeah, you can control yourself. Yeah. Phone may die, your brain won't die. That's something that I learned from you guys. I mix in. It depends how I'm feeling. One day, maybe kilos. Other day, pounds. Yeah. 
see how the see how the day feels. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a bad take either. You know, yeah. like if you feel really good and you you maybe have a heavy single, you're working up to an opening. Yeah, man, throw some kilos on. But if for you to be like paralyzed as a lifter oh, yeah. because you can't find really a deadlift bar, either. like all right, broski. Like two. And, and even the change between a deadlift bar and a, a stiff bar is way more drastic, in my opinion, for the majority of folks than kilos to not. Yeah, you I know, like so the too. kilos are not is such a silly thing, and especially when y'all are training at whatever gym, and you, we don't even know what the plates weigh. Like yeah. we're lucky here, and we splurged on like even our our pound plates. That's the bigger thing to me is the accuracy of the plates versus kilo plate or not. Mm-hmm. Like our our plates are stupid expensive, and so they're pretty fucking accurate to begin yeah. with. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in a total garage gym and none of your plates match, if every plate's two pounds off, five pounds off, yeah. Your top set could be 50 pounds off. That may be an issue. Um, That's a little problem. Yeah, but just having the name illegal on there ain't going to fix you. Uh, Seabass, what's one other thing uh, that maybe got you on that day that kind of like maybe surprised you or was difficult or went easier than possible? Ooh, that would have to be – well, at first, when I was warming up into the room, like you guys said, kind of chaotic, Yeah. kind of nervous, nerves started to ramp up a little bit. But once I hit that first squat, it all just yeah. ended – it yeah. ended fast. Yeah. <laughs> I I hit my first squat, and then it felt like 10 minutes later, I hit my last deadlift. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck Adrenaline. Just <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, what just happened? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did your nerves kill a little bit after that first squat? Oh, 100%. Yeah. They were gone. Yeah. That's kind of the typical thing, and that's why I tell everybody. It's kind of in sports, too. Like, I mean, I've played, I don't even know how many basketball games in my life. And even to the very last game I ever played, like, the tip-off, my heart's going ape shit. But then as soon as I get the ball in my hands or I make the first play, then you're like, okay, Same I've been thing here, here before. for, like, baseball. I, yeah. I play outfield, and I, off the first hit to the outfield, I'm like, all right, got it. Let's get it. Yeah, now now you get to calm down. And I think powerlifting is kind of the same. And if it's not, it's it's kind of the Michael Jordan quote. Like, you probably don't care. You should probably retire at that point. If your heart ain't beating <laughs> a little bit, you know, he said he'll play until his heart beats. Does he get nervous every game? Like, yeah, because he cares. And so the day you don't care. And maybe that is cool for some folks, but um, go on all calm and not give a shit. I will say that in the, uh, the multiply era, getting your first squat was like not always a given. Yeah, sure not. <laughs> because <clears throat> because you're wearing the same amount of gear for all three squats and they're progressively heavier and it might you need to know at your current level of hydration and what your body level yeah. your body weight level is and all that stuff what it takes to get you to depth. Right. And, and what the hell you've been doing in training. Yeah. Is much different in gear and not even have you hit depth once in training? Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that when you cut, you probably didn't have to cut for this. Me. Uh, I actually did. I, I, cut I like, yelled at him. Yeah, so yeah. you look at Tim's <laughs> reaction. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I I was closer to, I think nine, like the higher class weight that I was. Yeah, whatever it is now. Yeah, it's it so confusing. Ninety four kilo, maybe. I don't but know what the fuck's going on. I cut I down know. like nine pounds, which was mad easy. Within yeah. a week, I was down like five pounds. Okay, I just cleaned up my eating. Yeah, stop eating Doritos. Yeah, stop eating like chips. Stopped like drinking. I just drank water. He's playing yeah. Warzone till three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Got better sleep and all that stuff. Yeah. So imagine ch- if you did that all a prep. Fuck, dude, you'd be shredded in stronger. I'll be something different. What a fuck. <laughs> so USAPL two hour weigh in. Yeah. Yeah, two hour before the start of the meet, necessarily the start of your your personal lifting. Yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of feds still do 24-hour weigh-in, and a lot of people are still cutting a lot of weight, and that that process of, of, of bringing your weight back up, uh, people find out that your weight doesn't always go back in the same places that it came from. For sure not. Yeah, for sure. It's all such a weird conversation because it's still highly contentious in powerlifting but then also uh, fighting sports yeah like mma ufc i think you almost get like 36 hours sometimes because yeah. it'll be like two it'll be the day before or two days before but it'll be like the nighttime you know so it'll almost oh, be oh yeah because yeah. it's a show yeah. or like when you weigh in versus like the weigh-ins for the show is all like kind of yeah. different and uh i think they cleaned it up because they said no ivs and stuff now which yeah. is like kind of a reverse psychology way to just stop the issue <laughs> yeah right like they're not reverse psychology but like a, a reverse engineer way to do it like you can't iv thinking or, or and it is true they won't be able to cut as hard because they won't be able to hydrate as hard yeah so but and they have had less injuries lately i think it was like 2018 or something everyone's fucking passing out and like missing <laughs> weight cuts and shit yeah um but a simple one, why don't you just do two hour weigh ins? <laughs> yeah. Just fight, yeah, fight just at whatever weight you walk at. Like, which you weigh. Yeah. Right? Like what, in powerlifting to me too, like I get, 
you can say cutting weights is skill, and it is. It's a science, mm. some and, and and what you can endure beforehand if you really want to dehydrate yourself. But why don't we just cut that out of all feds? Just do yeah. a two hour weigh in. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Speaking of of UFC and MMA in general, uh, Danny Castillo, friend of ours, yeah. uh, uh, one of the coaches for Team Alpha Male, his Instagram around uh, around fights usually includes how they. Yeah. How they get their their fighters to wait, yeah. and they do a couple of different types of things. The I think the coolest looking one though is they're like laid on the out on the floor like a like a mummy wrapped in hot towels. Yeah, you'll burrito up what? between hot hot soaks. Yeah, yeah, keep the sweat going. Yeah, amazing. That yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. Crazy. They're in hotels and they'll they'll hot tub in their in their bathtub, and then basically you wrap up in a towel to keep the heat in you while they reheat the tub because the water obviously doesn't yeah. stay cold that long so you continue to stay hot you just go dry to hot dry to hot oh one thing one of the another crazy thing that i also like heard while i was in the weight room was probably heard a lot of things oh, you I, probably I, been, I became a man that day <laughs> there was there yeah. some yeah. stuff going yeah. around yeah. being thrown yeah. around yeah. <laughs> but was um one of the coaches was talking to a lifter and he was like yeah I'm, i told you to drink this eat this like hours before or did you do all that? And they're like, yeah. And I was there like, damn, they're like, yeah, like days before or like even weeks, they're telling them what to eat, what to drink, and they'll lose this much weight yeah, so they can weigh in. And I was like, that's crazy. There's like good and bad ways to cut weight. And it's still like not new science, but new understanding. Like what people don't understand is molecular weight. And so like the weight of the actual food within the last couple of days that you are eating does makes sense Matter. like you yeah. want to mind fuck and maybe this is just because i'm actually stupid and i had to, took a while to figure this out but everyone's like you eat like a pound of steak and like you can gain more than just a pound because like, calories are a thing yeah but that's long term yeah. calories aren't a thing short term oh, okay. it's more what the fucking food weighs so you could eat right like uh uh, uh 3500 calories is a pound yeah right 3,500, I believe. And so okay. you eat you eat 3,500 calories of M&Ms or peanut butter. Oh, yeah. You're going to gain a pound in like a week or whatever. That's a pound worth of calories, but that's not a pound. You you go scale to scale. You scale before you eat mm. the M&Ms and then afterwards not because of the molecular weight. Does that make sense? Okay. So leading up to a meat, you can keep calories higher by eating lower or, or more dense foods because okay. what other people used to do is like, oh, I'll just cut all my calories out. Then you're literally losing glycogen, you're losing energy, you're yeah. losing sleep, you're losing all these things, just eating a thousand calories a day for seven days, rather than keeping calories a little bit higher. And so that's hopefully what that coach, I mean, who knows what that coach in particular is doing, because motherfuckers are still crazy with weight cuts. There's some bro-ass science out there, but. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Some of that stuff, um, probably not as necessary as you might think. And if it's a 24-hour way, and you're actually better off really just crashing your weight and then bringing it back up by, by right. all what you know the bro science says well that that's even the molecular food that i'm talking about because you can yeah. keep calories just as high and keep your glycogen full by eating sugar like but you're just eating m&ms if you yeah. just trade your whole day's calories rather than eating uh three thousand calories in a day of fucking salad yeah where your gut's all full you change that to m&ms and you'll end up losing weight yeah <laughs> short term you know yeah for sure or peanut butter or whatever the fuck well shall we take a look at this first squat I'm gonna see how nervous he looks. Um, these uh, that looks like a pretty dope meet. They got some signs going. Oh yeah, everyone's stepping their game up. 100. percent I saw some people like shout them out. They're like, "This is like one of the better yeah, that looking looks meets." Shout out to our homie JP at a, a successful meet at the showdown. Watched a little bit. Obviously, saw a lot of highlights and it looked really pretty. JP doing good work out there, buddy. So I can't make this any bigger. Compared to back in the day, I mean, I'm just so old now. I feel like a <laughs> fucking grandpa, you know? Like, meets eight years ago didn't look like this. So this was the uh, U.S. APL California State Championships meet. and we Which means absolutely nothing, folks. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we stole this. This was at uh, Warcat? Yeah, yeah. Warcat. Shout yeah. out to Warcat. Shout out to Warcat. Um, we, I don't know Arnie. you, but Nadim says he knows you guys, so I'll, I'll back you up. So uh, they're all pretty cool. Yeah, Nadim said he went to high school with them. So with we're Arnie, using, one of them. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knows one of the owners. We're, we're using this video in the same way that the uh, more dates, more plates, more plates, more dates guy was using the video of the guy who used our video <laughs> to make commentary yeah, that was a little more on Dana Bailey. Yeah, yeah more this layered. is more more. This is less Inception than that. So uh, all all uh, um, 
Uh, the only thing is the orange tees. I don't know who chose orange. Yeah. I don't know what. I mean, I've been a Cleveland Cavaliers fan my whole life, and they used to be blue and orange. It's just really hard to rock. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. dudes on stage right now. Shout out to the bo- those boys I know, spotting and loading's hard, and I know you guys are working real hard, but y'all look like a bunch of fucking pumpkins. <laughs> however, or carrots. However. Yeah, just a fucking <laughs> tall, skinny, spotting ass carrot. <laughs> however, and Seabash may know this, that uh, we're living in the uh, City Connect era. In baseball, where every every team has a bizarre ass alternate uniform, Yo. and the the Giants, are, theirs are white and and a fucking bright orange. Yeah, and they yeah. have they've only lost one game playing wearing those uniforms. So. I mean that's fine for on field, but as a spotter, that tees you know like a little relic. Here. I mean yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fucking Browns fan. I'm not gonna wear a Browns jersey stomping around. I wear a gray hoodie with a little helmet on there. So uh, uh, shout out to the live edit here too, who is ever switching. The, um, yeah, they got a little logo in the corner. Yeah, things have stepped up. Clean. How'd it feel afterwards? First one, like, feel heavier nerves just shot up. It don't really matter what's going on. Honestly, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember See, what that's, was going on. That's yeah. the thing that people don't understand, too, is that when you go out on stage like that, it's like going out on stage anywhere. You don't really notice the audience that much. Yeah. You don't think about anything that, except what's in front of you and what you actually have yeah. to do. And, and heaven forbid that you should forget what the commands are. That would suck. <laughs> but if you can focus on the head judge and nobody and nothing else, that's a pretty good uh, approach, I think. I don't even think I was looking at the head judge. I yeah. was just looking off into the distance. Yeah, zoned out. Yeah. Yep. I'm kind of zoned out, too. What was the weight on this first? That was, it was 180 kg, I think, so like 402? 396. 396. Somewhere around there. Yeah, 402 is the next one. That was not very good math on my part. I had to look up in the corner. I don't now, know. This is where I messed up. Uh-oh, what happened? So I went <laughs> I went from 396 to like 4, I think this was like 40. Yep. So it was like oh, a, 440. a 20 nice. kg, a 20 kg jump, which I um, yeah, it was real big. Yeah, which even the announcer so, said whoa, it. He was like, whoa, that's big balls. 20 kg. <laughs> that's a 20 kg jump." Yeah, normally, normally, I mean, again, it depends on the game plan. If you're going for total, if you're going for a specific number or record, and what you've done in the past, but typically you're taking like a five percent jump yeah. on your final goal. Um, and, and again, if you squat 900 pounds, that jump will be. A big old jump, but if you know if you're squatting 125 pounds, a five percent jump is gonna be five pounds. These spotters look like they know you. Oh, you still hit it jump. though. Yeah, still hit it. Still hit it. Yeah, that's good. What's your best squat ever? Um, before this, before this, I think I had hit 420. Oh, so a 20 pound PR. Yeah, on a crazy boy jump. Yeah, on a reckless jump. That's another thing. Like you said, you float out and didn't really know how it felt and stuff. That's another reason. I guess a handler, or a coach, knowing you as a lifter would help a lot because they just pick the numbers for you. That's true. They know how the speed goes because you're so in your head. You're nervous. You don't know. Sometimes, sometimes weights could move really well, but it doesn't mean that you're hella strong that day. All of a sudden, it's just the adrenaline's kicking, and yeah. you know, or the opposite. Maybe you grinded some shit out, and your coach knows, like, oh damn, Seabass was just nervous. We'll be okay with this next jump, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Then, they also can go put your number in for you because sometimes you have to sit your ass down after an yeah, for sure. <laughs> No, that's that's one thing that I was also freaking out about because I didn't know that they had asked you for the number after you. Yeah, swap. right after. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you have like a minute or something. Yeah, like that they're like get... you. I asked them. I was like, they're like, what's your number? What's your like next number? And I was there like, uh, uh, I was like, Edgar, Edgar, please, four hundred eighty pounds, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Throw that on there. <laughs> no, nah, but um, and then I went to four fifty one. Yeah, a little gas yeah, after this. Or you yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. a little gas. Yeah, I got halfway. Whereas, like, in a perfect world, you would have taken, like, 420 on the second yeah. and 445. That's you might have been to chip be. that PR afterwards. Um, and, again, it does depend on the total like or, or, uh-huh. or your goal. If, you're, if your total's the goal, you know, yeah, you played a little safer. But if you've got a particular number in your head and you want to hit. In, in your first meet, you know, the goal should just be enjoy yourself. Oh. Don't get hurt. Hit, hit, go nine for nine as best you can. Um, but now after this, now you have goals. So next time you know exactly – next time I would open the exact same – depending on how far away you yeah. compete. But say you compete in even four months, you could open the exact same. You could take 425, and then and then you just go 445, 450 on the, on the third. And okay. you go baby PR. You do on the next lift, baby PR. Next lift, baby PR. You got a total PR and a PR in all three. That's the smart way to do it. <laughs> look, you know, look, you do you, you know, but <laughs> – like I think I was supposed to go uh three ninety six to four like twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how I'm feeling, right. four forty one, four fifty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But once uh, Edgar had told me in the back, he was like, oh, you put 441. Yeah. I was like, uh, run with it. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go. Now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least he hit it. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was clean. Uh, this is bench number one. So that's three. That's two. Two. 53. 53. Yeah. Which bench is one of my... I think it's my weakest. Yeah, not not a fan. Yeah, not a fan at all. I say it's because of my long arms, but yeah, we all got excuses. Kid, right? <laughs> exactly. That looks like pretty easy. Yeah, though. yeah, that one was it was slight, and the next one, a little a little harder. I don't think I have the third bench, but I do have the second one. Anything else come to mind that maybe uh, surprised you in a good way or surprised you in a bad way from the entire day? Shout out to like if you had to talk Ooh. to Seabass a week before he competed. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Oh, all right. That's a good question. Because although it's all new and like I said, it's way different than other sports, it's not that crazy either. Like it's not that complicated of a sport. I would say how many like first meet people were there? A lot. Yeah, really? there yeah. were. I was talking. That's cool. I was talking around like my weight class and a, a weight class above. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, it's my first meet." I'm like. That's cool. I'm like, well, that's what's up. Yeah. Let's that, get it. That's actually surprising to me considering I don't think there's a lot of meets running right now. Yeah. So you would think there wouldn't be a bunch of new new cats trying it out. But yeah. um, it is cool to see that people are still still interested and still growing. Yeah. So this one is 270. Yeah. I was clean too. Yeah. Yeah, because I was lifting off for you the whole week before with about 275. <laughs> was a little rough. Yeah. 275. I tried to hit 285 like yeah. three different times. Also a little rough. <laughs> More than a little rough. Yeah. So I don't have the third one. What was your third? It bench? was 281. Then how'd I go? It got stuck halfway. Okay. Yeah. Basically how it was going. Found when... some turbulence. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your brother's trying to protect you and not sending the, the lifts that you missed. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, maybe. He, he maybe. accidentally <laughs> sent me the the the. the, the Third squad. Damn, dude. So Eddie's a liar. <laughs> he's Scheming. just trying to protect. He's trying to protect my ego. That's yeah, I know. We need to bust it down, dude. <laughs> it's part of life. Well, I I feel like you really do. I mean, it's a it's a cliche, but you learn more from failure than you yeah. do from, from success. Yeah, you're gonna learn something for sure. Success makes you feel good, but failure yeah. makes you either hopefully. motivated or or yeah. not. You yeah, know, hopefully but. adjust. Yeah, I don't get that motivated by failure, but I do adjust. This, this is like. 420 or 440 something like that first deadlift you don't even know dude clean too easy really clean yeah. i was gonna open up with like 405 yeah yeah but warm up room yeah, felt good i was warming up and i was like no we're going higher yeah i feel like it's one one of the two ways on a deadlift either you feel real good because your day's been going good and you prepped well and you peaked well and so deadlift you feel like you're smashing uh on your first meet or even other meets uh or it's going to feel like death because you've never done all three in the same day yeah. or it's been a long day or it's been a quick day and now you're like fuck i'm tired this shit heavy that's the one thing that i before i started um getting coached i would do like sbd days like yeah. heavy singles like RP like eight, I would say yep. nine, maybe if I'm feeling a little extra. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's what really like helped me because go through this. That's what a lot a lot of coaches have moved to. At least doing all three on the same day, they don't have to be heavy. Like you could have one of them be heavy and the other two light or something. But yeah. just getting used to getting used to benching after you squat and your back's tight and your hips are tight. <laughs> getting used to pull after you squat after you're a little fatigued in the similar muscles, super important. Yeah, Here, here's my question to you, Mike, because I don't know the answer for for you. What's your philosophy on warming up the deadlift in a meet? Uh, pretty similar to the rest of the list. Uh, obviously, like most people's deadlift is a a stronger lift than their others. Often, not always, but the, so the number is higher, so your jumps will be bigger. But again, it's a percent game to me. I'm taking like 10% jumps, maybe a little bigger from from zero to 30%, but 30 to like 80, 85. Um, we're taking 10% jumps, and then the last two will be like 5% jumps leading up into the, the thing. And then same thing as, as on the platform, open around 90% of our goal. Second's going to be a range, 94 to 96, depending on how fast we smash that thing. And then depending on the overall goal, whether you're going for a total, going for a deadlift PR, We'll adjust on that third number, hopefully. I personally feel like, for me, especially lifting in gear, <clears throat> excuse me, minimal warm up on the deadlift. Yeah, because it was always it's very taxing to get down there, and so like I would my last deadlift warm up might be seventy percent, something yeah. like that, and and do okay. you might have like you know maybe four sets 
in warm up, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think changing lifting in gear and then um, it makes a big difference. And then and there's always slight variation in the personal and personal thing. Um, but for like a beginner, beginner, if I, I typically see if you do that, then you're going to get staple on last because it's going to feel so heavy coming off the ground. And you're like, damn, I didn't know you know my opener would be this heavy. But that's just because you didn't acclimate as much in the back. Yeah, you know. But it, you competed a bunch, so you figured out in training. Yeah, my th- my thought was bigger jumps uh, on the warm up, smaller jumps on the platform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all it, all of it is a balance game. Yeah, it's a balance of small enough jumps that you're acclimated to the weight you're about to pull without fatiguing yourself that you can't pull heavier weights. Right, and your okay. squat attempts were actually perfect at that. Right, you took a big old jump, and so then you you you're maybe not acclimated, but then you, you didn't have any gas left for your third attempt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is the second pull. I think no, no, actually, that I got the, the first, first one, one again. Yeah, smashed it. Yeah, amazing, it's so good. Um, Watching it one more time. It's like almost the same. <laughs> exactly. Uh. And this is like 460. Is orange the uh, the color of the gym or something? My bad. Warcats. Sorry nah. to hate on y'all. Oh, maybe the San Francisco theme because yeah. they got the Bay Bridge in the background. I the San Francisco I theme. I get it. I was clean too. Yeah. What happened on the third? Just gassed out? I think I had, I jumped to, that was 460, 460 yeah. something. And I jumped to 481. Just too much? I, sounds I, like a decent jump. It. We sent yeah. it. No, that sounds like a decent jump. That <laughs> yeah. moved well. That moved well. I would have probably done the same for you. Yeah. 460 to 480. I got it like a little bit off the ground, but at that point, I think I was just too gassed. Yeah, it's a long day. Yeah. It's a long day. And like Jim said, depending on how the things, I think the USAPL is the main one that still just breaks it up. Um, like A session, B session, mm-hmm. two different days, but when to eat, when not to eat. That's yeah. kind of the negative and positive of the 24 hour um, weigh ins. It's like, Often those style of meets have a longer day, so you might be able to get a full meal in. Where a lot of USAPL meets, you can't really get like you can't get a burrito in. No. You know what I mean? You can get some like peanut butter and jelly maybe or something, yeah. but like you can't get a real meal. Or if you're competing in these big old meets that go all day, you can get a whole meal in probably after bench or after probably after squats. A great time because bench doesn't fuck with your tummy as much. That's another thing that I noticed. Edgar also noticed this that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people pulled up with like their own like full course meals yeah like ra- rice steak yeah or like pho and i'm just there like what is go- i'm over here with a pb and j sandwich <laughs> yeah that's something I, I don't know if i gave you advice on i should have probably been a little more particular but I, I feel like that's like what do they say majoring in the minors or whatever like food's an issue but it's not always an issue like it's not going to make or break your first meet you know yeah. it can make or break a record or make or break like a big pr down the road but um a lot of stuff is just get calories in and get calories that uh, are good with your stomach because you, you don't eat peanut butter and jelly all the time, and then all of a sudden you're slamming PB&Js all day. You're going to be shitting your brains out if I come deadless or, 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 or the opposite. Like, oh, yeah, and then you just go to the food truck because that's what's out front. Yeah. If you're not used to eating tacos or a burrito, you're trying to get that in in between lifts. That's a big thing to bring your own food. Or chips. Like, if you like chips and you know it's good with your stomach, yeah, get some salt and get some carbs. And okay. It's not that big of a deal. That's where, like, a lot of foods, they've kind of become memes, and it's funny how you see things go in circles. Like, uh, there's a huge TikTok trend to eat Rice Krispies before you lift right now. I'm like, dude, motherfuckers been eating rice Krispies forever like well it's just like it's like a low fat high sugar food that's easy to digest like why are gummy bears or like sour strips and like those kind of foods a thing for lifters same idea really low fat really easy to digest you can handle it all the time so people will just be eating gummy bears their whole workout I think it's slightly overrated because like in a workout powerlifters don't really move that much and yeah. so, like, you're not really depleting your glycogen. Um, it's not like you're running a marathon. You need a gel pack. But um, it is something easy to get in during meat day yeah. when it is a longer yeah, day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and a lot of people used to do, I don't know, some people still do, um, The like, immediately after their, uh, after their weigh-in on a 24-hour, they just start to eat, like, everything in yeah. sight, and which is a really good way to get diarrhea. Yeah, it's just one really, just jack it all up. Yeah. And if you're just eating all that right then, it's just trash, like, you're probably not going to eat in two hours, and you're probably not going to eat that yeah, night. So, did you really replenish anything? It's hard to keep eating, and you might end up eating, yeah, you know, like you said, less. Yeah, less overall calories, yeah. less overall anything. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have great, uh, I don't have great confidence in the using IVs to get back up and having that actually work out all that well. Cause yeah, I think I've never really tried. I think you'd dump a lot of that stuff anyway because your body's like searching for its equilibrium and you're just going to dump a lot of the, of, uh, yeah, possible. the fluid out, just pee it right out. Possible. Right? Um, anything else we want to say on this topic to wrap it up? I think we're wrapping. Anything else pop into your head during that day? 
good, bad, or the other. For all the young folks out what, there, obviously there's a bunch of people ooh. still trying to compete, new comp- competitors. Did you have fun? I I had a lot of fun. Really? So you're going to do it again? Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm, I already have like a little plan cool. structure for next year. I want to compete in the mid, in the beginning of the year, yeah. in the middle, and in the end. Yeah, dope. That's perfect. I mean, 12 yeah. months, yeah, to, you know, one to three meets a year is about how you can, depending on how strong you are and how, how many years you've been lifting, but that's that's a really good range to kind of get an idea in. Because uh, same thing with how we were talking about, like, um, not fatiguing yourself um, while still being to uh, be warm and acclimate to an attempt itself. Competing is kind of the same, where you would need you need experience competing to get better at competing, yeah. but you need training to get stronger. So the balance of how often you compete is a big deal as well. That and then just compete. Yeah. If you want to compete, just do it. Doesn't matter like if you're gonna set if you want to set a record, just just go out there and just compete. Yeah. It's fun. It's the right attitude. Yeah. yeah, that is that is really good advice. Cause cause again, like and if you like competing or don't, you won't know until you try it. Exactly. And then you want to hit all these PRs or say you're a three hundred and fifteen pound bencher, like go do it in a meet. And then you have a standard and then you can do you, you can beat yourself, beat yourself, beat yourself. And you can have gym lifts, that's cool too, yeah. if that's your thing. But you know, if you wanna be a lifter lifter, you kinda have to dip your toes in. We have any comments in the chat at all? I didn't. I haven't looked. Okay. <laughs> Damn, dude, a bunch of irrelevance in our chat. Sorry, boys. I think right. irrelevant. So does your mom, but <laughs> Jim doesn't. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Shout it out, Seabass. Where can people find you, dude? Hey. Plug the Instagram. Plug your uh, private Snapchat and your SoundCloud. <laughs> hey, the OnlyFans? Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah in- <laughs> Instagram is uh, Sebastian underscore Brambila. Brambila is B R A M B I L A. Appreciate you hanging out with us, buddy. Yes, uh, one Thank of our uh, on. one of our core members uh, here at Third Street, and it's cool to have you. Uh, you did pretty good, man. Look at you. He's a young gun too, talking on the podcast. <laughs> Could have been nervous, but you came and crushed it. No, you hey. killed it. You killed it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Third Street Barbell dot com three sb dot co. Um, I'm Solomon Mike. Everybody want to find me? Hopefully, new drop coming soon. We're working on things. Hopefully, a couple things to announce soon at the gym. Um, if you're in Northern California, hit us up. Come stop by, and uh, we'll catch you next Wednesday. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media. This show is 50% facts, 4% is a word, and 50 is just numbers. And you've been in very good company with us here, and we'll talk to you next week.